Good morning, QBC. Always so nice to worship together. As I was worshipping just now, I was looking around, listening to one another sing. It is so nice. So nice for us to hear one another and worship God together. Today, we continue with our series on Galatians entitled, The Just Shall Live by Faith. Uh, we kicked off the sermon uh, series uh, with the sermon, The Gospel is God's Revelation. Indeed, the Gospel is God's Revelation. Paul received the Gospel as revelation from God, and he also received his apostleship from Christ. The second sermon was entitled, The Gospel Reveals the Grace of God. The Gospel justifies us by faith and not the works of the law, and it is by grace. As a result, we live for Christ and not for just ourselves. And it requires a response of faith. The message that I preach emphasized the need for true faith in Christ, and the example of Abraham was cited as a support for this. Those of faith in Christ are the true descendants of Abraham. And it results in sonship. The gospel enables us to have a special relationship with God. We are adopted into his family as his children. Yes, you are a child of God. But whose child are you? Are you the child of the born woman? Or are you the child of the free woman? Last week, Pastor Quofen preached on the gospel gives freedom. Christian freedom is a result of the gospel. The ultimate goal of freedom is not to indulge in the flesh, but to fulfill the law, to love each other as ourselves. And the question was asked, what does it mean to really have freedom? And today, we consider the gospel-centered life is a spirit-filled life because freedom is closely related to our spirit-filled life. So let us pray together. Father God, we pray for your spirit to come and fill each one of us. Come and speak to each one of us. Lord, we pray that we will not just hear the voice of the preacher, but more importantly, we will be able to recognize and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to our inner man. So Lord, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we heard that Christ sets us free from, for the freedom of the law so that we can experience freedom for the law. Did you catch that? Quite a mouthful. Huh? Freedom from the law for the freedom for the law. Paul clarifies further what it means to be called to freedom and what it means to live in accordance with love. Such a life becomes a reality only through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today we have one question to ask and the question is, what is a spirit-filled life? This is a very important question 
this is actually the starting statement of our church vision. You remember your church vision? To be a spirit-filled, fervently praying church family. If we do not understand what is what it looks like to be spirit-filled, then perhaps we'll never arrive. So we must understand what spirit-filled looks like. I want to believe that all of us desire to be spirit-filled. Right? All of us desire to be spirit-filled. So we must first understand, to be spirit-filled, we must understand who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and He is a person. He indwells us. He fills us and He communes with us and He speaks with us. Question. When the Spirit speaks to you, do you recognize His voice? When you pick up your phone, your phone rings and you pick up your phone, and if it is your husband or your wife that is calling you, hopefully you will be able to recognize his or her voice. Right? If not, you'll be in trouble. Christians, same thing. When we pray, when the Spirit speaks to us, we must recognize his voice. If not, we will be in trouble. The Spirit will speak. The Spirit speaks to us. How does He speak to us? He speaks to us primarily through the Word of God. When you read the Bible, He speaks to you. I'm not saying that the words will be in an audible voice, but what I'm saying is when you read the Bible, the Spirit will guide your thoughts, your thinking. And He will help you recall and apply. That is how the Spirit speaks to you. The Spirit is a person. We must recognize His voice. And Paul here uses three phases in, uh, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 26, to paint a lifelong journey of companionship with the Holy Spirit. And the three Phases that he used are this. Walk by the Spirit in verse 16. Led by the Spirit in verse 18. And live by the Spirit in verse 25. First, we are to walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. You are to walk by the Spirit. Or so I say. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walking by the Spirit begins the moment you become a child of God. The Holy Spirit fills you and you begin that lifelong journey of companionship with Him. Over time, we learn to yield our wills to Him. We submit to Him. We surrender to Him. We allow the Spirit 
to speak into our lives so that we will be able to make choices between living in the flesh or choosing a spirit-filled life. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What does the word the flesh means? It does not mean the physical body. When Paul uses the flesh, he uses it as a general term for evil actions, for the depraved will that is inside us, the earthly mind, the slothful and careless soul, things that are under our control and not part of our human nature. That is what he means by the flesh. I give you a simple example. This morning, I hope you set your alarm clock to come to church for service. Right? As your alarm clock goes off, there is a battle that happens inside you. Right? The flesh and the spirit. Do you gratify to the flesh? If you gratify to the flesh, you know what will happen? You press off the alarm and your body tells you, wow, you work very hard Monday to Saturday. Sunday, sleep in. Ah. Right? And then you fight the Z monster. Those who lost the fight to the Z monster are still in bed. Because they have succumbed to the desires of the flesh. What about the desires of the spirit? You realize, today is Sunday. I must go to church to worship God with my brothers and sisters in Christ. So you get up. Right? You get up. And you make your way to church. And along the way, you begin to recount God's blessing upon you and hopefully brings you joy and you come to church. That is what it means by the flesh. There's a constant spiritual battle that is ongoing in each one of our lives. The battle between the flesh and the spirit. You can say no to the desires of the flesh. I say that again. You can say no to the desires of the flesh. You can say no to sleep on Sunday morning. You can say no to sin when you are tempted. You can say no to evil actions and so on with the help of the Holy Spirit, as we walk by the Spirit, you will have victory. Verse 17 continues, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You see, the flesh and the Spirit are at war. Within us, it is contrary to one another. It is like oil and water. When you have oil and water in the same cup, 
or it's in the same glass, you'll notice that it is incompatible. They are always at loggerheads. And they produce different desires and with that, two different actions. The Bible tells us they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. There is a spiritual battle happening, a deep-seated conflict between the desires of the flesh and the desire of the spirit. When you walk by the flesh, you gratify the desires of the flesh, resulting in doing what the flesh desires. Again, think of simple things like sleep on Sunday. When you gratify the desires of the flesh, you result in sleeping. However, when you walk by the Spirit, you crucify the desires of the flesh and the Spirit keeps you from doing what the flesh desires. That conflict happens so that you will not do whatever you want. You will not experience peace when you sleep on Sunday morning, I hope. Again, what is the flesh? The flesh does not mean just the body, but the flesh is a general term for evil action, the depraved will, the earthly mind, the slothful and careless soul. Things that are under our control and not part of our human nature. So how does walking by the Spirit look like? I would want to propose this. It is living your life in the continual presence of God. The continual presence of God. 24-7, every day, God is in your life. In your work, you do your best because that is God's calling for you. It is God who placed you in the marketplace in your particular role. Not just because of your impressive resume or because of your stellar performance. God, you must be conscious of God every day, even at your work. And this includes homemakers. Sometimes we think homemakers got no value. Eh, homemakers got value, you know. Because if the homemaker is not at home, she will be at work and you have to employ somebody to make your home. That is God's calling for you as a homemaker to full-time service at home and to your family. Whatever you work or whatever you do, allow God to direct you. Are you walking by the Spirit in your work? Friends, we are all serving God full-time, just like your pastor. Your work in the marketplace is full-time vocation that God has called you to. Your pastor won't be effective in your role, just as you won't be effective in your pastor's role. Whatever we do, God has called us to it. So we have to be God-conscious. Do not just leave God behind eh, when you go out of the sanctuary or when you leave church. 
that is not who God is. Who is God? God is omnipresent, omnipotent, right? All wise, and so on and so forth. Don't just practice that when you are in church. Don't just pray when you are doing ministry. Before you meet your client, pray. Before you meet your boss, pray. Before you attend a meeting, pray. Just like how you pray when you attend a ministry meeting. We must be God conscious. Commit your work to God in prayer, in utter dependence. Students, I don't want to leave you out. Why do you study? You study hard because your intellect is God's gift to you. For you to steward and for to develop when you are still a student. That is being God conscious. It is not just about chasing grades. It is not just about receiving a good education for a good life ahead. How do you walk by the Spirit in your studies? Learn. Learn not just for good grades. Learn academics. Learn life skills. Learn how to socialize. Learn how to have lifelong friends. Learn how to bless others with your notes. <clears throat> Shine for Jesus but not at the expense of others. You are first a Christian before you are a student. You are first a Christian before you are a banker, before you are a lawyer, before you are an architect, so on and so forth. You are first a Christian before you are a pastor. <laughs> Be prayerful. Be prayerful about your learning. Students, in your choice of courses, in your preparation for exams, when you do your projects, be prayerful. You know, human beings are like that, you know. We oftentimes come to prayer. We do not pray until we are desperate. And when God answers, we even say, He didn't answer. Why? Because you are not praying enough, you do not recognize God's voice. Pray often. The more you pray, the more you will know God's voice. Experiencing it. How do you know the voice of your wife? Because your wife calls you often, right? <laughs> because you communicate with your wife, right? or your girlfriend, or your boyfriend. Walk by the Spirit. We will not do what we want, but we will be led by the Spirit. Verse 18 continues to the second point. Led by the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Well, when I read this, huh, as a young Christian, I was very happy. I no longer under the law. Wu fa, wu tian. No law. I can do what I want. Right? Sometimes we are like that. We only read the second part. It is important for us to understand what is being said here so that we do not abuse the freedom we have with the law. 
Christians don't just quote the second half of this verse like me. You are not under the law. Please pause and start from the beginning. When you watch a drama, don't go to the last episode, to the last hour, and then just watch the ending. You must watch the whole drama, right? Then you understand the whole journey. Pause and read the verse again. It starts with, but if, but if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It's the two sides of the coin, of the same coin. So before we talk about whether you are under the law, consider whether you are led by the Spirit. If you are a child of God, you would desire to be led by the Spirit. If you do not desire the Spirit to lead you, then you are still under the law. Paul, in another epistle, wrote in Romans chapter 7, verse 4 to 6, he says this, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law. I highlighted some words there, pay attention to it. You also died to the law through the body of Christ. That you might belong to another, to Christ, to Him, who was raised from the dead, in order that, you, that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law at, were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what, was, what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Brothers and sisters, understand that we now belong to God. We belong to God. We don't even belong to ourselves. Do you know that? We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. You also died to the law. Look at the highlighted words. In order that we might bear fruit for God. We have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code, if you are led by the Spirit. That is why Paul says, there is no law. Because there is actually a higher law that is written in our hearts by the Spirit. And we obey the spirit of the law, not just follow law. Let us return to Galatians 5. Paul then proceeds to list down the acts of the flesh when you are under the law, when you are not led by the spirit. In verses 19 to 21, he says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And he says this, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
as the Apostle Paul says, the acts of the flesh is obvious. Is it obvious to you? It is obvious to me because once I was like that. And because it is so obvious, I do not want to go into the details of every act. But I have to warn you, just like Paul, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because those who live like this are not heirs. They are not sons and daughters of God. They are subjects of the law. And they must keep the law. Don't live like that. But instead, we should possess the fruit of the Spirit found in verses 22 and 23. But, the contrasting word, right? But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. When we yield ourselves and are led by the Spirit, the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are naturally displayed in us. I say that again. When we yield ourselves and are led by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will be displayed in us. The fruit of the Spirit belongs to the Spirit. It is from the Spirit. It is not man-made. This is key and important. It is not man-made. You cannot say, I want to love more. You can say, you can say all you want. And you can try all you want. But it is not man-made. Means to say what? It is impossible for you to try with the strongest of your will and love. Yesterday, I conducted a wedding. Some marriages last a lifetime. We hope that all our marriages last a lifetime, right? But have it ever occurred to you why some marriages are so short? Some only a few hours. Some a few days, right? Celebrities, they drive, drive, drive along the way from one state to another state and then they decide to get married and then they stop at the church and they get married, Right? And then later, maybe along the journey, they quarrel and then after that, they decide, hey, let's split up. Same journey. <laughs> or some, maybe a few days. Some, after 50, 60 years, they divorce. Quite common these days. Their children big already. Have children already. They are akong ama already. They still want to divorce. Why? Because they try to love. We cannot say that they didn't try. They try. It is man-made love. The fruit of the Spirit belongs to the Spirit. And the rest of it is also true. Joy. You cannot wake up one day and say, today I want to be more joyful. Right? Or I want to experience more peace in my life. 
or I have to be more forbearing until somebody cut you off on the road. Then no more forbearing really. Buetan really. Right? So all this cannot be man-made. You can try. You will get tired. Sooner or later, you will give up. We cannot produce it and we cannot fake it. In the Hokkien, they say, Aile eku. You know, Aile eku. You know? Aile eku means it must be long enough. You must persevere. And if it is not from the Spirit, it is from you, it's not going to last. At best, we can try with our own efforts and our willpower, but it is going to be tiring and you will give up. But the good news is this. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person, He indwells us, and He can't wait to produce that fruit of the Holy Spirit in each one of our lives. But someone is standing between Him and that. The desires of the flesh that is in each one of us. So what must we do? We must abide. Jesus in John 15 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. John chapter 15. We must abide. The secret to fruit bearing is abiding in Christ. Walking by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Verse 14 in Galatians 5 continues. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Friends, when you are led by the Spirit, when you have crucified the desires of the flesh, you no longer need to perform or achieve because dead men cannot perform. You got that? We have been freed from the law to bear the fruit of the Spirit and we must crucify the desires of the flesh. So just relax. Lah. Relax. Put your hair down. Be yourself and be led by the Spirit. That is so easy to do compared to trying to fake it, you know. It is so difficult to fake loving somebody. <laughs> I know you desire to please God. I know that you want to develop all the seven aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But don't look at the fruit of the Spirit as a bucket list you know, with nine boxes that you need to check. This one, I okay. Love, I okay. Patience, I okay. Huh? Gentleness, Pastor Leonard, not okay. 
it is not a bucket list where you have boxes to check or to be fruitful. Just remain in Jesus and be led by the Spirit. If you remain, you will be fruitful. Let me illustrate this uh, with my own marriage. I've been married 29 years with my beloved wife, Jennifer. I say she is the best wife because I only have one wife. What I'm going to share is just an illustration, alright? She is not like that at all. And I'm not like that at all too. What if, okay, what if my wife's approval and acceptance of me, what if her love for me was based solely on the things I did for her? So one day she may wake up and she say, I think you don't love me enough. You are not making me happy enough. So I need you to tell me, uh, apologize to me, and say how sorry you are. And that is not enough. Uh. Take me to dinner somewhere fancy tonight. And be more kind. And then maybe I will love you back. Or, you have been impatient with me lately. I think you should buy me flowers. Rededicate your marriage vows to me. And cannot refer to your cue card, huh? must memorize huh, your marriage vows, and then help with the household chores, then I will accept you back again. How does that sound? Now, these things are not bad things to do for my wife. I do some of these things, not all. But if I'm only doing them because I'm afraid that I won't be accepted by her, or she will stop loving me unless I do all this, friends, that is slavery. That is not intimacy. Catch this, huh? It is slavery and not intimacy. Instead, I have made my vows of marriage with her, and the natural fruit of that is the desire to make things, to do things that make her happy. Because I love her. Not because I can get more love from her. You see. Fear can never produce fruit. When you are constantly trying to please God by your works, that is slavery. When you are constantly trying to produce fruit because you think that is what makes God accept you, that is slavery. If you are only here to learn to be a better person, and to behave like other Christians do because God loves good people, then that is slavery. Some of us even know that it is slavery because you have felt it, even, haven't you? But you still continue. That is called madness. <laughs> Trying to do the same thing and hoping for a different result. It's called insanity. But we still do it. You have felt trapped trying to live better, do better, and be better. And you know what is worse? God is perfect. He is a perfectionist. You can never do better and never be enough if that is how you think 
God accepts you. Perfection. What you need from me is not more instruction on how to please God, how to do better, how to improve on the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. You don't need me for that. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to have the fruit of the Spirit. What I need to do is this. I need to remind you that you need more intimacy with God. God loves you. God wants to give you. God welcomes you home. There is nothing more that He can ever do for you to show that He loves you. You need to be more intimate with God. Not do more for God. Not achieve more for God. Not do better. Not to improve yourself. All this is good. But know this. God wants your intimacy. So come and receive from God. Receive His love. Receive His grace. No need to keep achieving. The fruit of the Spirit is like a big spotlight behind you, but you are standing in front of it. Step aside. Die to yourself. And the fruit of the Spirit will shine through you. That is what it is. So easy. yet so difficult. God has already accomplished for you. Freedom comes in knowing that everything necessary for you to be saved and everything necessary for God to be pleased with you have already been accomplished by Jesus. God is pleased with you. He looks at you and He says, Righteous, you are justified. You are my beloved sons and daughters. I love you. That is what God is saying. Don't beat yourself up. Don't always think that you're not good enough. You are my sons and daughters. It's already been done. Done deal. On the cross, Jesus says, It is finished done. No more. You are no longer under the law. You are to walk by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and lastly, come and live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, verse 25 says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Soldiers marching in formation in step is a sight to behold. Nice sounding. You know, when their footsteps are in sync, in step, it is like marching. Living by the Spirit is like marching. The idea is for us to adjust our steps, not take too big a step or too small a step, and adjust our pace, and adjust our direction, just like marching. But now, 
the Spirit is leading us. Some liken it to ballroom dancing. Akong Andrew, wake up already. Ballroom dancing. You allow your partner to lead you in a dance. There cannot be two leaders in ballroom dancing. So I research lah. Because I'm one with two left legs. I cannot dance for nuts. But dancers tell me there must be only one leader. If not, it won't come out nice. They will be wrestling instead of dancing. Allow your partner to lead in a dance. When we walk by the Spirit, we allow the Spirit to lead us. We live by the Spirit by keeping in step with the Spirit. The idea is this. It is to submit our lives to God's ways, to God's timing, and to God's direction. Just submit. God has a plan for you. If you are a student, you do not know what to study, pray and just submit. By the way, your parents are not your God. Submit to God. Parents, don't hate me for this. But your children must be found doing God's will, not living our broken dreams. When you just finish studies, you come out to work, you must let God lead you. You must submit. I learned this in my own life. I worked in the marketplace for six years before finally submitting to God to serve Him full time. I know what it's like. My dad wanted me to take over his business. I didn't have peace. I went into real estate. I didn't have peace. And finally, I submitted. When to retire, also must submit. Brothers and sisters, we will still need to take steps of obedience but we must submit to live by the Spirit. This needs intentionality. That way you will experience congruence with God. This big word I learned when I studied counselling, congruence. Congruence means oneness. When you are not in congruence with God, you will not experience peace. Your life will be miserable. Outside may be okay, but inside, if there's no congruence, you will not be at peace. We also must be congruent with ourselves. Uh. What is in our heart, what is inside us, and what we speak and how we behave must be one. There must be oneness. If not, you will struggle. The danger of not having a spirit-filled life is that we become conceited, provoking and envying one another. If you are not living a spirit-filled life, you will think that you are a self-made man, you know. The more successful you are, the more dangerous it is. 
you become conceited. It is because of my hard work that I have arrived. That is conceited. We think we are self-made. And then we provoke one another. We flaunt our wealth. Oh, uh, if you see TikTok or YouTube, uh, you will know. Uh, Lao Tong That means the gathering of old classmates uh, after 30-40 years. And then they, they, they compare. Uh, hey, how you come to this gathering? You drive Rolls Royce or drive Ferrari? Or you, 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 you cycle here? Or take MRT? You cycle or take MRT, uh, this is no place for you. Because this is a gathering of high society. You provoke one another. And that is so human, right? And then you envy one another. I want to like be like that. I want to have this. I want to have that. You envy. How nice if that person is my wife. How nice if that person is my husband. Right? Hopefully you don't act on it. If you act on it, then another sin is called adultery. Paul exhorts us, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Friends, spirit-filled life takes intentionality. When we win enough small daily battles and temptations, we will eventually win the spiritual war that is in us and we will become overcomers. I want to close with this illustration. One evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people, every one of us. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside all of us. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson, hearing that, thought about it for a while and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Brothers and sisters, we ask ourselves this question. Am I feeding the desires of the flesh or the desires of the spirit? Intentionally crucify the desires of the flesh for a spirit-filled life. This is your takeaway. Crucify the desires of the flesh for a spirit-filled life. When you crucify the desires of the flesh, you will bear the fruit of the Spirit. You will be an effective witness for the gospel of Christ. Once again, are you feeding the desires of the flesh or are you feeding the desires of the Spirit? May God help us. Let us pray together.